Jennifer. Okay. Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, everyone. Well, it's a good afternoon for me. I'm in uh, mountain time right now in sunny um, Colorado. Uh, what an amazing place. So welcome, everyone. I just want to um, welcome everyone in the chat room and um, uh, to let you all know that uh, we're going to be talking about niche marketing this evening and how um, using niche marketing in your business as um, a way to grow your business and focus your business is um, possibly um, a wonderful thing to explore. So I'm just going to check and see if I have my, um, my guests on the line. Just bear with me one second. Hi, this is Keys to Clarity Radio. Who am I speaking to? Hello? 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 Hello, is that Isabella? Yes, hi. Hi, Isabella. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Can you hear me okay? Yes, I can. Okay, great. So, um, just want to introduce Isabella to everyone. Um, so Isabella is um, uh, Isabella Murphy. She calls herself the uh, the niche lady. So I just want to welcome you, Isabella, to the show. And to um, we're going to have an, a really interesting evening talking about the pros and cons of uh, niche marketing and what that means. So I think a lot of um, our guests are going to even be curious to have an understanding of what that actually means. Um, so. Isabella, welcome and tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, um, I am primarily, as far as marketing is concerned, a lot of success in creating, not only only creating my own products, but teaching other people how to do the same thing. Mm -hmm. And um, I spent the last five, six years before I realized there's there was a pattern to what I was doing. Instead of at the beginning spending a lot of a lot of advertising that didn't target anyone or anything specifically, I got smarter towards the present time and actually focused on small groups of interest uh, that were actually looking forward to receiving stuff that I was selling. Wonderful. So, Isabella, before you go on, I just want to check: um, Are you on a landline at the moment? Because the la- the line seems a little bit um, kind of going in and out. I don't have a landline at our house. Uh, okay. Okay. We'll just have to make do with with um, what we have. Perhaps you can move into an area in the house that has good reception if if um if that if you're able to. Okay. Okay, great. Thank you so much. And and I hear you still have your cold. I do. <laughs> <laughs> you can join the club, although you sound like you're a few days behind me. <laughs> so um anyway. <laughs> I just want to give a little bit more information about you to our listeners, um, Isabella, and then we'll get into some some conversation about the niche marketing. So um, uh, Isabella has shared with me that there's a new paradigm on the web which is no longer about getting paid but about, get, about staying paid, maintaining a cons- consistent cash flow day in and day out for a variety of income streams. Isabella, the niche lady, Murphy, is an online marketing consultant, mentor, and author with a focus on teaching entrepreneurs across the country how to build and maintain a steady income online. She lives in Killeen, Texas, where she guides local young entrepreneurs through marketing and developing their business online. Strong IT enthusiast, Isabella is primarily focused on delivering technical solutions that business owners can use over and over again without becoming a suit becoming a Silicon Valley wizard overnight. It's the greatest belief that technology shouldn't be left in the hands of IT professionals, <laughs> but brought to a level where everyone can understand, use, and share technical tools to accomplish any goal they want to use, or rather to achieve. 
So using her online alias, the niche lady, she writes about how marketers can easily add to their bottom line and help real people achieve success in a variety of niche markets on, on stayingpaid.com. So that's her website, stayingpaid.com. Her blog about entrepreneur empowerment and niche market strategies. When not digging into niche markets or following social media conversations, Isabella Murphy enjoys long drives, taking nature, taking in nature and city photographs and playing Scrabble. <laughs> That's wonderful. And, and Isabella, you call yourself, is it um, Isa or Isa? Isa. Isa? Yes. Wonderful. So Isa, thank you so much for being with us tonight. And um, this is such a wonderful topic to discuss. Um, and I'm very excited to be able to put this out there to my audience and um, to see um, if this is going to be uh, something that they can apply to their business. So I'm just going to hand over to you just to tell us what, what does niche marketing mean? So if someone came to you and they, they were a layman in their business, um, they were just setting themselves up as a new coach or as a new um, holistic practitioner. Um, what would you? How would you explain to them about what niche coaching is? I think what we get. I think when we first get started as a as a coach or a holistic practitioner, we think about our market in terms of anyone who is into this subject or that subject. And I think that's, I mean, that's where we all start, but that's not the right place to start. We start out with anyone who, what happens is that we spend a lot of money and a lot of time, and we don't get a lot because there's just no way to get a lot of uh, a lot of results when you target, when you target so when you target so many people now becoming a niche coach in the key segment of your market, you can really see yourself serving over and over again and keeping it. For example, as a niche coach, I might I might, old, I might uh, specialize in offering coaching services to, you know, uh, baby, baby boomer women or baby boomer women who have a specific interest or, or who are changing careers or something, something of that nature. Right. You know, it's typically it's about getting much, much more specific than we would. And it's that, that specificity that actually pulls us in more sales between us and our audience. Right, right. So, um, Isabella, I, I can get the gist of what you're saying, but it's, it's actually very hard to hear what you're saying because of the quality of the line. And I'm just wondering if there's a way for you to get to a, la a landline, perhaps your neighbor's landline or... Um, a way to get to a landline that would help us to have a much clearer um, experience of communicating with you. I can keep the show going while you're while you're doing that. Is that possible? I'll try that. that. That would be wonderful, Isa. How long do you think you would be before we get you back? Uh, give me about. Sorry, how long? Okay, well, we'll we'll um, we'll look for your call coming in. Um, it looks like I might actually have been uh, um, kicked off the line too. So, so if you um, if you look for um, a landline that you can use, Isabella, I will call back in as well, and we'll and we'll we'll uh, continue the show. It's just that I think it would be better if we did that rather than keep struggling through the show for everyone to hear. Okay. Okay. Thanks. Thanks so much, Isabella. I look forward to speaking to you in a moment. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay. So um, that's certainly a, a wonderful gift um, just for uh, – thanks, Susie – for um, everyone who is hosting a show 
to make sure that their guests come in on a landline. Um, so, um, you know, that you have that clarity for um, the communication that you're having. But in the meanwhile, I'm just going to continue this conversation about um, niche marketing. And if anyone out there who would like to call in to talk about niche marketing and how that has benefited their business or what they're thinking of doing as, in terms of creating a niche in their business, I'd be very happy to have that conversation with them. And um, I think the key here is, is to really get an understanding of what your skills are, to understand what your strengths are, and to um, see, you know, what it is that you feel passionate about. So, so to do a little exercise that really helps you to get clear on what it is that you want to be focusing on with your clients. And the reason why we want to focus on a certain type of client is that the more specific you get, the more clearer it becomes to your clients um, who is going to be the right uh, fit for your business. Um, and um, when you are specific and say, I speak to women who are in their 40s um, who are divorced, immediately there are going to be a number of hands in the room that will go up and say, yes, that is, that is who I am. I fit into that picture. So this is definitely going to be a, a good connection. And then it might be that you have a story around getting divorced. Hopefully that isn't the case, but um, you know we all have... Uh, things in our lives that we've dealt with. So this is just an example. So you might be very passionate about the experience that you've had um, with your going through divorce and wanting to help women to get through the experience, the painful experience of um, that uh, time of their lives. And um, and as Susie says, do what you love and already know how to do. And so often that is about coming from our experience. Just want to say hi, Teresa, in the chat room. Um, so have a look at what it is that you've experienced. And often it's what we've um, experienced that has caused a lot of pain in our lives. So um, I just want to um, emphasize that often what we come, when we come out of, uh, through a dark tunnel and out into the light, We've experienced something that has allowed us to grow in some way. And often we are so glad that we've come through it that we really want to share it with others. And so get really clear on, on a huge experience that you've had that you want to share with someone else or the skills that you have that you absolutely are passionate about and want to share with someone else. So we have a caller on the line. I'm just going to click on that. Hopefully it's Isabella, but if not, we will have some great conversation. Hi, this is Keys to Clarity Radio. Welcome. Hi, this is Isabella Murphy. Isabella, hi. Welcome. You sound a lot better. Oh, good. <laughs> That's so great. Thank you so much for doing that. I really appreciate it. I'm sure the people on the, who are listening do as well. So I was just, um, while you were going for the phone, um, there is a, I was just uh, talking about um, really uh, just focusing on what we're strong at and what we love to do and to look at an experience we might have had in the past that we've learned from that we can really um, bring to the table to, to um, use as a way to coach someone around or, um, you know, it might be a strength that we have in our business. Perhaps we have, we have a certain skill set, um, for example, as, as an acupuncturist, let's say, um, that you focus on women who are dealing with fertility issues and that's an area that you specialize in. So people immediately relate to what it is that you connect to them with rather than just saying generally, I'm an acupuncturist. So, so I just wanted to um, hand back over to you, um, Isabella, and just um, continue that conversation. What are your thoughts so far on what I was talking about? I absolutely agree. Uh, getting specific and connecting with an actual, something that your audience identifies with easily is the perfect way to kind of do what we're all looking to do, which is differentiate ourselves from everyone else, which is right. the hardest thing to do when you're starting out. Yeah. We always, we always wonder to ourselves, well, 
well, if I'm a, if I'm a doctor and he's a doctor and she's a doctor, well, mm-hmm. how am I going to convince everybody to come to my clinic instead of theirs? Yeah, it has to be different. Yeah. So, what do you suggest to your clients then? Um, um, is that when you have that situation and they're just starting out in their business, what what do you recommend to them to do? I start. I I actually I suggest to them to look at kind of look at where. If they're absolutely new to the field that they're in, mm-hmm. maybe look at a uh, uh, where their mentors have been successful, or where uh, where they're most passionate about. Uh, what type of problems do they enjoy solving? Because I've learned that everything in this this line of work is really about solving problems. Right. So I clients looking to differentiate themselves and have the first look at what type of problems they want to solve mm-hmm. and then directly go for those type of problems. Right. Now some people um, might feel um is it that they might be um excluding other possibilities or other clients if they if they focus on one area, what what are your thoughts on that? I've heard that a lot over the years, and I mm-hmm. and I don't I don't really agree with that. I think that the lack of success that I I've seen across the board has mm-hmm. been generated more by trying to fulfill every last piece of the puzzle than not than than only leave, than only targeting a few things here and there. Right, right, and my 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 um, sense is that it it helps to position and to brand your business um, when you really focus on one area. And um, what I've experienced as well is uh, with my clients is that um, it really is just an opening for people to come to you to um, start working with you, and then to to inform them about other things that you could help them with. What are your thoughts? Um, I and I would have to, I would have to agree with that as well, because what we want to do is, in a way, you have to kind of leave leave a doorway for the the client to want to know more or want to go further. And I think sometimes when we start out, we want to give everyone all the information in the world, mm-hmm. and that actually that actually does us more. That doesn't just do us harm, but that does our clients harm as well yeah. because people can't process all that information. Yes, that's a really great point that you make there, um, Isla. Yeah, it can be overwhelming, especially at first when someone is coming to you um, to look at uh, various aspects of their health or you know, to, to have some coaching in their business, um, to, you know, to start somewhere first and then to expand into um, other areas is a, is a great way to, um, to really support them and, and uh, get them to where they need to go. Definitely. Beautiful. Wonderful. So, um, so where would you normally start with your clients? Um, is there when you talk to them about um, looking at a certain part of their services to offer that first? One thing, one thing that I when, we, when I first sit down for client is I I usually have them uh, treat me as a normal customer and present to me their service the way the way they see it. Mm-hmm. And then we'll go over their pitch. We'll go over the entire presentation, and then we'll start yeah. reworking it. We'll start looking at the service. We'll start even reworking some of the common questions that they get. Yeah, and just kind of starting over from scratch and getting more specific um, instead of creating that any that anyone who mentality that a lot of my clients start out with. Right. Right. And what do you do to get them to be more specific, Isa? 
Um, what I do is I have them narrow down. Mm-hmm. I, I I have them start getting specific by kind of taking a look at their field, reading the guides that drive their industry, talking yeah. to other people. Um, I think a lot of times when we start out, we want to live as an island. We 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 feel as if we if we network with other coaches or other holistic practitioners or other marketers, you know, we're someone's going to take that as a sign of weakness, and it's really not. It's the best thing that we can be doing for ourselves. Yeah, yeah. Say more about that, Isa. Well, what I think, what I think we need to do, uh, like I, like I said, with the whole trade, like the whole, reading about your your field. Every field has so many different things to read from their journals, their magazines, their uh, books, their seminars. And as you start getting more immersed in your field, you'll see other examples of specific behavior, specific of excuse me, specializations in your field. Mm-hmm. And so you look at you look at all of them and say, okay. Does that really does this specialization fit what I'm trying to do? Right. You know, if it does, well, I if it does, well, great. Then I can network with the people in that specialty. And how do you know if it's going to fit? I think that I think that there comes a point where you know your skill set better than anyone else. Mm. And if you're coming to a point where, for example, um, you could you might want to become I don't know uh, I think there was a I think I saw in town there was a convention for uh, oral surgeons mm-hmm. I didn't think oral surgeons would have their own convention <laughs> and apparently they do mm-hmm. and you know I saw some of the people coming up there and they were talking amongst each other um, I didn't think that there was that much to talk about, but apparently there is. So, so you know, you kind of have to, you kind of have to stop and say, okay, well, you know, if I if I really wanted to be an oral surgeon, this would be a lot interesting to me because I know that I'm not cut out for that, but somebody else could be overhearing this this oral surgeon party and think that it's yeah. the greatest thing ever. And yeah. for somebody like that, that's really what they should be doing. But right. if it's not if that's not what they want to do, then they shouldn't be doing that. Right. Right. Absolutely. So it's also going to be something that they enjoy doing. Absolutely. Yeah. So how did you find your niche? Um especially being the niche lady <laughs> is a how did you get to the point where you were able to say, okay, I, you know, I want to be known as, as a niche lady and um, to focus on helping uh, business owners grow their businesses? How how um, did you come to that? Well, I had been a youth, I had been mentoring uh, high school and college, college age men and women, mm-hmm. and I had, I had been, I had run businesses in the past, but they. They were they were built on the the anyone who mentality, and it was a really draining draining procedure. And yeah. I thought to myself, I said, you know, there's got to be a better way to do business than this. Mm. I started getting online and started looking at things, and I said, oh, I really can make money online. Mm-hmm. And I started out online the hard way, being a ghostwriter, and I wasn't uh-huh. making too much. And then I I realized that. Sometimes to stop and look at the most profitable place, you have to go and see where the money is actually flowing towards. Mm. And I looked at my industry, and a lot of the money was flowing directly towards people who create products. So that's what I learned to do. And then once I got good at that, I just started, uh, you know, teaching people what I had learned. Right. Wonderful. And... um is there something about that area as well, um, is it that really connects you to that, you know, that really drives your passion? Well, I think it's, uh, I think as far as the, 
niche marketing goes and product creation, I I always say sarcastically to people, I, I got to do this because I like seeing my name on everything. I mean, that is a pretty big plot. <laughs> but, uh, you know, on a serious level, I think the I have unlimited creativity in what I do every day when I get up. And that's a strong driver for me. Mm. Right. So it's that creativity piece that allows you to really um, get excited about what you do. Absolutely. Wonderful. And I think this is a wonderful follow-on, actually, from Wisdom Wide Open's show yesterday. And if anyone wants to check that out, I really do recommend it. Because what they're doing is, um, what they did, what Susie did last night on the show was... uh, give a, a little exercise for people to really get clear on what their passion is. It's part of the passion test um, that she's doing a show with uh, with uh, Janet Atwood. And um, so if you want to have a look at her show after this one and uh, start to really get clear on what you feel passionate about, um, I would recommend all the listeners out there to, to check that out. And you can find it on blog talk radio forward slash, or it's blogtalkradio.com forward slash wisdom wide open. And uh, do that little exercise because it really starts to hone you in on what you feel passionate about. And then I would add on another um, exercise, and I don't know if you do this with your clients, um, Isa, but uh, you probably do something similar. And that is to really list your strengths, your skills, the things that you are really good at doing. Um, So you have a skill set already, and it's to look at that skill set um, rather than reinventing the wheel, rather than saying, okay, what what can I do to stand out? It's really about um, looking at what you do already and do amazingly well, um, and then to connect the passion piece with the strengths and see what comes from that to to then focus on the, the niche that works for you and to see where the, where in the market it stands, you know, to be able to allow that money to flow to you or the prosperity to flow to you. Would you agree with that, um, Isa? Absolutely. Yeah, great. So um, Susie in, in uh, the chat room asks a question. Um, how do we see, and okay, so let's look at the first one. Any advice on how to market your specific niche? What would you advice would you give them on that, Isa? That's a great question. The best advice that I would give to somebody starting out trying to market their services is build yourself a joint venture network Ah. off the ground. Even if the people in your network don't have a lot of, uh, even though the people in your network may not have a lot of uh, sway right now, they will grow with time to having a lot of leverage and influence and power. And so if you get with them on the ground floor, mm-hmm. they'll take you with them to bigger and better things and also help you out in the process. Right, right. So, so perhaps you can say a little more about uh, um, joint venturing, because um, a lot of our listeners won't know what that means. Some of them will be very clear on what that means, but uh, let, let's, for the sake of um, the lay person out there who hasn't heard of what, what that is, if you can just get a little more um, specific around the definition of that, that would be very helpful. Oh, no problem. Joint ventures are simply uh, get going in with some going in with someone you know or a uh, recent acquaintance on a project where both of you benefit. Mm-hmm. And this project can be anything from selling a, selling a product to trading services. Uh, anything really, but the importance is that each person in a joint venture is not only one doing something, but they're gaining something. Right. Right. Okay. So um, so really to be um, quite, um, what would the word be, selective in who you're joint venturing with. Um, I was just saying, so so what I'm hearing, um, Isa, is that you really want to be selective with who you're joint venturing with. You do want to be selective, and it's not just the 
oh, do they have a large uh, mailing list? Do they have a large following in, in the industry that I'm in? It's, yes. Are they an honest person? Are they going to see this project from start to finish? Yes. You know, can I count on them? That's going right. to be the, the biggest thing. Right. So I'm assuming that then um, is it would be important if you if you had some knowledge of them first rather than jumping in, um, you know, straight away and saying I want to do a joint venture with you, really getting clear on um, the value and the the trust piece of the relationship to be able to move forward in a way that's going to be beneficial to both of you. Absolutely. Right. That's great advice. Wonderful. What else would you um, would you um, want people out there who are looking at joint ventures to to consider before they connect with someone, or even if they do connect with someone, what would they do to really benefit from that joint venture? Having a plan helps so much. I think mm-hmm. we get so worked up into the excuse me, we get so worked up into the selling of information and when you get worked up into the actual gotta get this joint venture person now Mm -hmm. that we don't stop and think after we get them Mm -hmm. and and say okay well now that we have them what do we do right yeah yeah so it it certainly stops you probably from making a lot of mistakes um, that didn't need to be made um, with with careful consideration yeah. Wonderful. Wonderful. What else would you um would you add to that, Isa? Oh, I think overall, uh, marketing a new service, you never know I mean the, the just the benefits of I mean, look towards everything. If you sell like a excuse me, a consumable product mm-hmm. or a product that has mass appeal uh, I consulted a long time ago a lady who sold gift baskets. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, why don't you talk to some of the smaller shops in town mm-hmm. and see if they'll carry your gift basket? Mm-hmm. And she was really hesitant at first because she said, oh, I couldn't just walk in there and mm-hmm. uh, you know, offer them such a thing. And yeah. I said, well, make them one, show them, you know, right up the, you know, Show them how pretty it looks, mm-hmm. and then let them decide. That's all right. you can do. Mm-hmm. And several of these stores carried her gift baskets mm-hmm. locally, yeah. and people. And then she got a lot of custom orders for gift baskets. Mm-hmm. You know, and it really grew and grew and grew and grew just mm-hmm. by having the courage to walk in, meet mm. the right people, and and be and and. and and be afraid, and not be afraid to, you know, take chances. Right, right. Yeah. So sometimes it's just about stepping out of our our comfort zone, zone and stretching ourselves. Mm-hmm. And um, it really sounds like uh, you've been able to do that with some of your clients. Um, is uh, just to get them to take that step further in their business. Wonderful. Yeah. And that's where I would say a lot, um, you know, to a lot of our audience out there, that's where coaching can be very helpful because so often we're dealing with inner um, belief systems that don't support us in our business. Uh, We want to be successful, but, you know, if we have a limiting belief around uh, our value or the value of what we're selling um, or providing, that um, it's really important to deal with those um, obstacles, those beliefs that really stop us from moving forward. So, um, you know, just like Isa, you know, consults to people and really supports them in where they're going, coaches do the same. And um, from what I'm hearing, Isa, you also, you know, then are providing that service as a support to someone who is wanting to focus on a niche and really create some intention around that. Yeah. That's wonderful. So we actually have a caller on the line. I'd like to take the um, the call. They probably have a question. Isa, are you ready for a question? Absolutely. Wonderful. Okay, hold on one second. Hi, welcome to KTC Radio. Who am I speaking to? Hi, this is Lama Dantrapa. 
Hi, Lama. How you doing? Hi, uh, I'm doing great. And where are you I calling from? I'm calling from Portland, Oregon. Oh, welcome. Oh, I love Portland, Oregon. I stayed there for three months and absolutely adored it. Anyway, right, what I'm is your like, question? Um, well, I practice Qigong. Uh, mm-hmm. Qigong is a system of uh, uh, wellness exercises and um, meditation practices somewhat between yoga and Tai Chi, I would say. Yeah. And uh, it's in, uh, a niche in and of itself, of course. Mm-hmm. But I'm curious to see if there is any way to uh, find even a narrower niche or whether there is a need for looking for a narrower niche uh, when you practice Qigong. So, for example, um, well, we can start with the idea of a really wide range of benefits that this practice can provide from greater balance and flexibility to uh, greater peace of mind and even learning how to uh, experience uh, greater self-realization or awakening, a spiritual mm-hmm. awakening. So uh, what would you say about finding a niche? Uh, Wonderful question, Mama. Wonderful question. And are you a master in, in Qigong? What uh, level of uh, practitioner? Um, yes, I've been practicing Qigong for over 30 years. Wow. So. Okay. Okay, so you want to take your business to the next level? Definitely. Beautiful. So let's hand that over to Isa. Isa, do you have a response for Lama? All right. Well, I'm looking at, I'm looking at that. Been listening to you. Uh, and you're in such a specific niche already that I'm not sure if I would necessarily want to narrow it down further. I mean, you can it. The nice thing about niche marketing is that you can narrow it down without sacrificing what you already started with. You can kind of spin things off. Uh, if you wanted to narrow it down, I guess I would focus my more narrow category would would really be using the, how do you pronounce it, Qigong? Qigong. Qigong? The, mm-hmm. I would, I would, uh, I would, turn it into a benefit for a specific group of people. Like you said, it, uh, you were saying earlier that it promotes relaxation. Mm-hmm. Say again? You, you were saying earlier that uh, this promotes the body to relax better. Or Definitely. That's, that's, that's a benefit that a lot of people... Uh, here from I know that a lot of people I work with, for example, are highly stressed, and they look for natural uh, natural healing stuff all the time, but to no avail. Uh, mm-hmm. Creating something, you can create different packages like that, different information packages, products for these different little segments without ever having to leave your more broader category. So what he's saying is that. Um um, uh, the narrower packages or, or the packages uh, could, for example, be presented to people who are suffering from stress and, uh, let's say, uh, hypertension, for example. Exactly. Uh, and, these, and these packages would be addressing their specific issues. Well, the interesting thing about my work is that I um, always look at things holistically. In other words, just looking at a particular disease, I try to look at the um, whole lifestyle and what it is that the person believes in and how they create certain situations in their lives so that they then start suffering from them. So in other words, um, it would kind of go against the grain of the whole idea of the holistic approach. What do you think of that? Oh, that's really interesting. Uh, now I'm a little out of my league here because I don't I don't specialize in holistic medicine, um, but that how I recommend it is how I would I would branch out. Since you don't really have that option in this case, um, you might want, you might find yourself uh, with no more room to narrow to narrow your field anymore without breaking into the vague core belief that you stand for. 
Mm-hmm. Interesting. Okay. Thanks, Isa. So, um, when a person... Can I ask a you a question, Lama? Yes, go ahead. Great. Um, just wanted to, I'm just curious, is there, a, is there a type of client that you love to work with um, as opposed to another type of client? You know, I'll I really say that. Like What's that, Isa? I didn't know if you were asking. Are you asking me? I was asking Lama. Oh, I'm sorry. That's okay. <laughs> um, well, I personally would particularly like to work with people who are uh, seriously interested in uh, becoming Qigong masters, who ah. would be really dedicated to uh, uh, making this a lifestyle rather than a pastime. But, of course, I don't have a lot of um, hope that uh, 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 any significant percentage of my clients would have that type of aspirations. Mm-hmm. Do you think they would so come have from to... your, your present clients? Well, I think one or two could. Yeah. But um, and would it be okay no, to, to would it be okay to look outside that circle um, as a source for for filling that class? Well, uh, it probably wouldn't even be a class. It would be a, a coaching or apprenticeship one on one. Right. In fact, Susie in the chat room says, um, you know, what about uh, creating a certification program? I have a certification program. Brilliant. Brilliant. So that sounds like it's all part and parcel of that specific focus that you're you're excited to be taking forward. Right. Right. So the the question is, of course, um, uh, when people um, have a certain desire to study Qigong, for example, or uh, a certain interest in in becoming Qigong masters. Mm -hmm. Well, oftentimes those are not um, uh, people who would be able to even afford uh, the certification program or perhaps uh, working with me Mm one-on-one. So the question then, of course, who is motivated enough to actually take up Qigong? especially hoping that once they see the benefits, they would actually start getting more uh, involved and perhaps eventually would develop enough motivation to uh, delve deeper into it. Right. But how does niche uh, marketing approach would suggest me to um, look for that kind of clients? Mm. So my question to you, Lama, would be... Uh where where do you think you would find the ideal client? Um, well, I think the ideal clients probably would be more likely to be found in already existing fields associated with either holistic uh, health practices or uh, fields similar to Qigong, for example, in Tai Chi or yoga. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. But then oftentimes oftentimes students of such disciplines um, already have a pretty strong commitment to their students or to their schools or styles. Right. So it's uh, not a very plausible idea to try to kind of entice them to skip from from their existing community or organization to mine. Mm -hmm. And 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 of course um, that would also... So sure, I understand. A lot of, <laughs> a lot of teachers unhappy. <laughs> I understand. Is, is there, um, you know, do you know if all those schools actually offer the same um, benefit as you do, um, you know, to create masters in that art? I, I don't know of any schools that would um, have that type of uh, specific focus. Ah, so you wouldn't really be enticing people away necessarily. You'd be offering them something extra? Um, that would be considered something extra. At least uh, I would say that majority of Qigong teachers would hope uh, to have uh, their students uh, develop that, mo- that type of motivation and that type of commitment. Mm-hmm. But um, the type of students are few and far between. So, right. of course, the stu- teachers work with pretty much anybody who walks through the doors. Right, right. So what would you like to add to to this conversation? Please. 
Oh, well, uh, I mean, kind of listening along here, and really, Louise, you covered a lot of things that I was, that I was going to mm-hmm. uh, bring up to our friend here. Yeah. So I don't have anything to add. Okay. So, Lama, just in terms of the conversation we've had already, does it give you any sense of clarity of where you might go or who you might speak to to create this um, very special, unique niche? Well, I would definitely like to have more clarity. Um, uh, Of course, it's something that I've been working on and um, probably will continue doing so. Great. Wonderful. But I'd love to um, to support you with this, Lama. So if you'd like to continue this conversation offline, I'd be very um, happy to do so um, and perhaps to support you in getting to a place of further clarity. But uh, I sense that um, this is a conversation that started and and uh, the coaching will just continue just in the, in, in the, the, the thoughts that have been created through this conversation for you. Great. I appreciate that. Wonderful. So, um, Lama, right, thank you, you so much have, for a, a great um, uh, interviews that you're doing. Wonderful, it's a pleasure. And, and Lama, so if you want to get in touch with me to continue this conversation, please feel free to do so on Louise at keystoclarity.com. Thank you. Wonderful. Thanks so much for participating. Absolutely. Thank you. Okay. Bye bye. Bye bye. That's great. What a wonderful example to have on the show. Okay. So I really want to encourage anyone else out there who'd like to join us um, this evening to talk about uh, creating a niche in their business, um, you know, to, to call in and talk to us about any ideas you have. And again, you know, having someone to support you in this um, adventure is really about often having these kind of brainstorming sessions, you know, where you can really get some clarity around what it is that you want to focus on and then getting clear on whether, you know, there is a need in the market for that um, and whether you have people who are going to be able to respond freely to what it is that you're putting out there. So um, that was a wonderful conversation, don't you think, Isa? Definitely. Mm. Do you have anything to add to that, to what we've talked about so far? Overall, what we were, the biggest takeaway that I, I've really been thinking about uh, mm-hmm. since being on this call is the need to not only just network, but also kind of look outside the normal steps that we usually find ourselves in to increase our business. Right. So how would you suggest people um, do that? Um, is a when you know to look outside. You know how how can we get that started? You know just even thinking that way. Well, the way that I started was that I really I think in in, in order for you to even begin thinking that way, mm-hmm. you need to start exposing yourself to great information. And right. so it, it goes back again to reading the information that's provided in your field and connecting to the best and brightest professionals in your field mm-hmm. as well. Wonderful. And to and to see what they're doing. Of course, yes. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's such a key thing. I, that's a wonderful um, suggestion to bring up, Isa, because we really want to follow the masters of, you know, who are doing what it is that you want to be doing in your business and who better to, to um, emulate but the ones that have been successful in doing that. So that's wonderful. And sometimes, you know, we have to think so laterally, you know, in terms of being unique. And I think with Lama, you know, his um, his approach is, is, you know, to really stand out in his field, um, to really um, hone in on a very specific area. And perhaps it's about creating a, a new belief for himself, you know, around um, looking at what he's giving rather than taking away. What would you say about that, Isa? I agree with that. I mean, because we have to, uh, every time I go into a new market or start a new venture, I have to ask, what value am I providing to this audience? 
And if I'm yeah. not satisfied with the answer, I have to go, I know that there's something else I need to work on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Great. Yeah. So I really got the sense as well with Lama that he's very passionate about that piece that he's um, wanting to focus on. Um, so, uh, you know, that's um, also another important part, you know, that um, you feel strongly about that area. And, um, you know, if he really feels that strongly about, you know, creating masters and Qigong, you know, does he really want to put himself out there and really get on with, with um, you know, taking a stand and really going for it in something he really finds uh, um, really important to him. I just want to let everyone else out there know as well that, you know, um, a niche sometimes doesn't occur overnight. Um, you know, it's not always going to work that way. And sometimes you can come to focus on something by um, just allowing yourself to work in the business that you've created for yourself for a little while and seeing who you're attracted to, seeing what kind of people you're, you attract to yourself and, um, you know, getting a feel or a sense of um, the, the kind of people you want to work with um, and what it is that you love doing with them. Um, and then also asking yourself the question, is this an area where people can afford to pay me for this? And if not, where can I find them? Wouldn't you say, is that that's an important one? <laughs> Absolutely. A lot of people go into niches that they're passionate about, mm-hmm. and then unfortunately the money just isn't there. Right. So maybe, you know, there's a couple of things you feel passionate about or different aspects of what you feel passionate about that you can create into a, a, um, a market that really is going to solve a problem for for a lot of people. Um, and, and that's key. You know, that's something that Isa brought up earlier on in the show, which is around solving a problem. And, and if you have something that you can do that's going to help them solve a problem, you're almost certain to be successful in that niche. So we have um, another caller. Um, so just bear with me and I'll just uh, get them onto the show. Hi, this is KTC Radio. Welcome. Hi, Louise. It's Susie. How are you? Hi, Susie. Oh, it's so exciting to hear you on the on the line. Oh, hi, Isabella. It's nice to meet you. Hi, it's nice to meet you as well. And Susie is from Wisdom Wide Open. So, um, um, Susie was mentioning in the uh, in the chat room about vertical markets, um, and I'd love to hear a little bit more about what you meant by that, Susie, just in terms of niche marketing. Well, I, I think it's really just expanding upon what Isabella had mentioned about looking outside. Mm-hmm. And um, like in uh, Lama's case, there are, you know, we tend to get really absorbed into what our niche is. And we, you know, we like to be around the like-minded people. But there are people out there that we haven't even conceived of that could use the elements um, that Isabella brought forth about, like with stress relieving yeah. for the Kidong and how how that works. So yeah. what I have noticed, there's been a real rise in how now corporations are um, really trying to, because they're changing their leadership and really looking at the value of their employees, have been instituting um, some physical, if not, you know, focus on well-being for their employees. Mm. So when, I, when I'm talking about vertical markets, I'm talking about that it's just not for the personal satisfaction anymore, but it's expanding out into um, markets that you wouldn't think. I mean, most of us wow. who are in the holistic fields really don't look at, you know, um, corporate America and look right. and say, well, you know, this really isn't a match for me. But yeah. if you can find a way into that and expand your niche based on the problems that they're mm-hmm. having mm-hmm. and then see, you know, it, it, I think it's it, kind of like when we went through the passion test, sometimes it's really hard to discern and to discover what your passion is. It, it follows the same for marketing outside your normal, you know, realms of 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 what it is that you do, is that 
think about what those people, what the problems are that they face, and then see if there's a fit or a match with what you do. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of the problem within our own niche is that we only focus on and, you know, we become so absorbed in what we do that yeah. we're really not looking outside, you know. And I think this breaks the line for separation as well. Is yeah, it, it kind of, you know, opens the door for other people as human beings. If you can view them as human beings, they really have pretty much the same problems as everybody else. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so absolutely. that's what I meant by vertical markets. Um, yeah, that's a wonderful know, and, and, uh, contribution, Susie. I, I think that makes a lot of sense, and and I think uh, you know you, you're very right there that we often get very stuck in in only what we know, and perhaps that's again where the limiting beliefs comes in around you know what we could actually provide to other markets um, that really are just consist of human beings that all need the same things. Exactly, exactly. So it's it's. You know, not only what problems do you solve, but what problems are out there that you haven't considered. Yeah. yeah. You know, that's that kind of tie into to what's being done. And I think that's what you mentioned to Lama about taking a look at, um, you know, what he could give rather than take away. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, yoga yeah, I has definitely made it into corporate America. Yeah. You know, and it's growing at a rapid rate. Yeah. And even just what he was saying about the, um, you know, going to other spiritual centers and talking to their clients, um, you know, if they're not providing the opportunity for those clients to advance to the level that he's looking at providing, what is he taking away? It sounds more like he's giving something extra. And maybe that's something that he could create a joint venture with, with those spiritual centers to not necessarily feel the sense of taking away but joining in partnership to create um, an amazing business opportunity for him and for those business those spiritual centers as well as growing into a niche that's very that he will become well known for in all the spiritual centers yeah and i i agree and i'm i'm sure there are plenty of um martial arts schools out there that really focus on the discipline of martial arts but yeah. not the spiritual integration and yeah. that would be something wonderful that, you know, he might add as an extra. There may be martial arts studios around the country yeah. that might be interested, yeah. you know, well, in Tai Chi is such a, a more spiritual type art, if, I, if I'm correct. So, you know, just, um, just being able to look at those different uh, martial art type things, as you were saying, Susie, and, and seeing which ones tend to be more spiritually connected, perhaps, or to add that as another part of, Qigong is a wonderful idea. Sure. In fact, thank you so well, thank much, you. Susie. It was thank wonderful you. to have it's you. Thank you. It's always a show. pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> Take and care. again, thank you, Isabella, too. Bye-bye. Okay. That was wonderful. I'm so glad Susie called in. She's, um, she's the host of Wisdom Wide Open, and um, I just love her show. So is there, I think the you know the show is coming to an end, and I'd love for you to share your contact details if you'd like to go ahead and, and let our listeners know of how they might find your website or anything that you might be doing in the near future um, to connect with you. All right. Uh, best place to find me most days is on Twitter. It's www.twitter.com slash slash this lady. N-I-C-H-E-L-A-D-Y. Um, my website is stainhade.com. Can you repeat that? Yes, I can. Uh, my website is stainhade.com. Okay, great. Stayedpaid.com. Stay, staying paid. Oh, staying paid. Okay, that's right. Staying paid. S-T-A-I-I. S-T-A-Y-I-N-G-P-A-I-D.com. Yes. Beautiful. Okay. And um, is there anything that um, allows people to sign up to, to get any um, com- uh, any information from you, um, Isa? Right now, I'm in the process of revamp, um, coming out with my, my newest newsletter. Wonderful. Uh, so I don't have it ready yet, but mm-hmm. that's why I'm telling everyone to follow me on Twitter. They can okay, go to the wonderful. first place where I announce it. 
Wonderful. And you can uh, uh, direct message um, Isa on Twitter um, to her uh, niche lady um, name and uh, you know get in touch with her that way to share your details um, so that when she does have her newsletter, she's able to to connect with you. So thank you, everyone, for being on the show. It was a wonderful evening. Have a great evening. Thanks so much, Isa, for being on the show with us. It was a real, a real wonderful pleasure to have you with us. And, oh, thank um, you so much. And I look forward to connecting with you on Twitter and, and email and Facebook um, as we go along um, into the future. As do I. Thanks so much. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye, everyone. <laughs>